Welcome to Tomo Talks. I'm Tomo Marjanovic. I am here with Nikki Saplicki. We are talking about understanding your hormones and the difference between hormone problems and lifestyle problems. Stay tuned. Nikki, thank you for coming on to Tomo Talks. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Very good. Let's get into your story of where you came from on a hormone journey. And I want to kind of just dive into that right away. My name is Nikki. Um, I am a online health coach with Built Brigade. And I'm currently actually working, me and Brandon both are working on becoming functional health coaches, which basically just means we are able to help people with more chronic diseases and other issues that you know women have like PCOS, IBS, things like that. What are you, what, what's your, what's your hormone story? And I'm going to preface this yes. real quick with, cause I ask women this all the time when any, whenever I hear somebody that's younger, cause you're younger, mm -hmm. you're, you're not I mean, 22 I mean, years old. You're 22, 22. Oh my God. I feel so <laughs> old. All right. So <laughs> 22, wait, what year were you born? 99. Wow. Yeah. The story I was telling you about Croatia off camera. Yeah. That was in 99. I was just being when born. When you were born, I was in Croatia doing stuff. So, okay, great. So now that I feel super old and probably some of our viewers do. So your hormone journey, uh, you're, you're young. You really shouldn't ha be having any hormone problems. Right. So I want to ask this question. Uh, feel free to answer if you like. Did you start birth control at an early age? I did. Okay. I did. And the reason that I asked that question is because I think it's an epidemic in this country. Absolutely. Um, basically getting women who are just getting into puberty, just starting to, you know, get into a sexual maturity technically. Uh, and they immediately are going on a drug that is yes. limiting or prohibiting or manipulating their hormone profile. A lot of the time, like their bodies have not had the time to literally adapt to the hormones that are newly developing within their bodies sure. and they take you know irregular periods as a way for the doctors to just throw birth control at them well not just irregular periods but like other symptoms too PMS. acne well pms yeah, yeah PMS. Acne, things that severe are, cramps things, things that like that normal yes when you start to become right. to an extent yeah to course. an extent of yeah. course yeah there's 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 outliers and there's things that you know cause a lot of women issues and pain 100 um, yeah but it seems like it's almost a blanket thing yes as soon as you get your period here's birth some control. birth control yep. you're sexually and active here's some birth exactly. control and a lot of the time the doctors don't do any blood work so you know they're not looking at what kind of birth control might be better for them okay. or if they're an endurance athlete or if they're a strength athlete mm -hmm. anything like that it's important to actually choose the right birth control because progestin based and estrogen based can do different things Absolutely. so a lot of the time they don't take that into account either mm -hmm. which i think is very important and it's something that I think more doctors should be educated on. Unfortunately, a lot of the medical community, they're really not delving into the hormone side. Absolutely, yeah. Um, reasons why clinic like mine, clinics like mine mm -hmm. are out there. Yep. Uh, it's because doctors, for the most part, almost have no clue. I mean, yeah. I know bodybuilders and fitness people that know way more about hormones mm -hmm. than most medical doctors. It's becoming more common, I feel like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I don't come from a medical background. Yeah. Me neither. <laughs> it was it was funny. <laughs> I, mean, uh, I was you know before you got here, I was uh, messaging 
with some of our providers and they're asking me questions on certain hormones mm-hmm. and certain drugs. And I'm like, isn't that weird? Yeah. You know what I mean? Medical professionals are asking, technically I'm a layman, you know, I do have certifications and I've been certified as a, you know, BHRT mm-hmm. um, specialist and expert, but still, I'm right. not a doctor. Yeah. You know, you're not a doctor. No. And you probably know more about female hormones than a lot of endocrinologists yeah. and uh, some, uh, uh, what are they called? Not uh, to toot my own horn or anything. No, but. <laughs> listen, I'm, I'm patting you on the back, you know? So a lot of these different uh, medical professionals, they're not really looking at the totality of what's going on in the body, and they're just kind of throwing things at it. Yes. Another big thing is like looking at the ratios of certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, when I first got my blood work done, when I first realized that something was wrong, my doctor told me that everything was in range and I was fine, but <sighs> I was experiencing you know, a lot of hair loss, like Mm -hmm. not normal, Mm -hmm. severe acne, low libido, low energy, energy dips. How old were you at this time? I was 21. Yeah. So definitely not normal. No. And it was, it was Mm post-show. So it kind of triggered something in my mind, like, okay, it's got to be from what I just put my body through. Okay. Um, But, you know, I knew something was wrong and my doctor was telling me I was fine. And I was like, how many other people have come to their doctors thinking the same thing I am, knowing mm-hmm. something's wrong and feeling like they're crazy because their doctor's telling them, because a doctor is someone you look up to and it's someone that you want to trust. You're supposed to. Right. Yeah. So it's just kind of mind blowing to me that that's going on. And that that's where our medical system has turned to. Yeah. 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 It's, it's sad. It's scary. Um, it's more scary than sad to me mm-hmm. because people, inherently are supposed to trust the medical professionals mm-hmm. when honestly at this point we just saw we went through the last couple of years with all of the lockdowns and the masks and all that stuff and i mean you know however anybody feels about that there were clear indications that some of the things that they were telling us to do were against the science yes it was actually against medical science. Yes. So when I see that, I'm like, okay, How I don't do really trust? trust you on yeah. anything else now because yeah. you went so <laughs> off the wall on that right. one. You know, just ignoring facts and science going here. Why am I going to trust you with anything else? Mm-hmm. And exactly. I think it's a new great awakening on the healthcare system because mm-hmm. we have people seeking us out and seeking clinics like us out and seeking other kind of alternative medicine routes. Yes. You know? More holistic based. More holistic based, yeah. more uh, underlying issue based. Mm-hmm. Functional you know, health. Functional health. Yeah. yeah. Functional medicine, regenerative medicine, preventative medicine, where, you know, the mainstream medicine is not that. Yeah. So people are over it, mm-hmm. you know? Yes. Um, so you started competing when? My first competition was April of 2021. Okay, so not too long ago. Yeah, it was my first and only competition. Okay. Yeah. How did that uh, How did that make you feel? How did that work for you? Tell me your experience with it from a fitness athlete yeah. uh, perspective. So, I mean, I grew up playing sports, so mm-hmm. I've always been very, very competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the first sport I ever did that was like really like individual, like I was the only one on my team really. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, obviously I have a coach, but ultimately it's up to me it's to do you. the work. Right. Oh yeah. But anything bodybuilding or fitness related, especially when you're going on stage. Yes. It's all you. Yes. You may have a team behind you that kind of pushes you and helps you. Exactly. Yeah. But I, I dieted for eight months. Yeah. So I lost, I think it was 40 pounds, just over 40 pounds. Wow. And I loved being on stage. Mm-hmm. It was incredible. I had 
the best time. I did really well too. So like obviously winning's always fun. Yeah, exactly. And what was the rest of that question? I don't even know. It's okay. No. So the, the question was like, how did, how did that make you feel? How did Mm. you feel physically during it, before it, after it? Um, because you said you started having issues at one point after the prep. It was my first prep. So I had never really experienced anything like that. Okay. So I didn't know what to expect. Mm-hmm. I do think that I felt a lot worse than most people would, okay. especially towards the end, like the last two months. I like I could barely get up to go to the bathroom. Like it was not a good time. Um, so obviously that was really hard, but I pushed through and being on stage was obviously the best part. It was sure. the height of all of it. So what happened after physically to you? So after I like, I felt good Mm -hmm. because I was eating more and I was, I had more energy to do more things, but then probably about a month post show. So like end of May, I started getting cystic acne Hmm. and I was like, this is weird. Like, why is this coming up all of a sudden? Mm -hmm. And then I started noticing more of my hair coming out, like when I wash my hair in the shower, when I brush it, whatever. And I was like, okay, something else is wrong. Mm -hmm. And then I started having really bad energy dips and I was putting on weight really fast. Okay. But I wasn't like going nuts. Mm -hmm. Like I definitely enjoyed myself, but I don't believe that. You weren't binging. Right. Gotcha. So it was just thing after thing kind of piling up. And at that point I was like, okay, I need to, you know, go get my blood work done. Mm-hmm. So at that time, obviously I was trusting my doctor, but she told me everything was fine. I'm guessing she saw your hormone levels. Everything looked quote unquote in, in range. range. Yes. But of course my <laughs> yes. estrogen was like way at the like high end of the spectrum. Okay. And then my progesterone was way at the bottom end of the, of the spectrum. Hmm. So my ratio was just super off. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know that at the time mm-hmm. because I hadn't really well, you're trusting dived what they, into that. You're trusting what the professionals are saying. Exactly. So, but I still knew something was wrong. Yeah. So I decided to kind of just reach out to a few friends. Mm-hmm. Um, one of our friends, Katie, actually in Ireland, um, she's a pretty well-known health coach. She works with Emily Duncan. She was coaching under her and I know she had been posting a lot about hormones and stuff. Mm-hmm. So. I decided to reach out to her just out of curiosity. And I knew she was going through some issues as well. And so I kind of asked her some questions, picked her brain, and she told me that there was a seminar in Stuart, Florida Mm -hmm. um, with Alan Kress. Hmm. And it was a women's only seminar. So I decided to just make the drive out there. Awesome. So I went and that was honestly like the turning point for me. I'm gonna ask you a very personal question. Mm Did you do anything with hormones for the bodybuilding show? I did. Okay. So I was I I was taking Osterin, so 100% legal, but you know, it's I was taking it for far too long. Like yeah. it should be cycled like anything else. Where did the Osterin come from? It came from my coach directly. Okay. okay. Cuz it's not a regulated drug. Right. Which is a exactly. problem. Which is a problem. Like he has it tested and everything, so I'm sure. I felt like I trusted sure. it. So which now I'm like, 
that was probably not the greatest idea. Listen, but. <laughs> you're talking to an ex-bodybuilder. The things that I put in my body yeah. to do bodybuilding shows, I am not happy about. Yeah. I am not, mm -hmm. you know, I'm very honest about it. Right. But yeah, I'm like, you know, every time I talk about it, I'm like, sorry, yeah. mom. You know? Yes. <laughs> and I did, I did do uh, Novadex. Okay. So obviously that's messing with my estrogen. Yep. Very minimal, actually. Yes. So, I mean, it's not like you were doing what a lot of women do. And for anybody listening that doesn't know, and you know this from a competition standpoint, women out there now that are doing these fitness competitions, whether it's bikini or bodybuilding, doesn't matter. They're doing a lot of drugs. Yeah. At some pretty extreme doses. Yeah. I know some women that have been taking some compounds that are doses that I would take as a man. And I'm like, girls, you need mm. to relax. <laughs> you need to calm down. You're going to cause yourself irreparable damage. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And, you know, not just from a health perspective, but your body. Yeah. Women will drastically change. Yeah. I mean, women can develop a masculine jawline. They can develop um, clitoral enlargement. Deeper voices. Deeper voices. I mean, you name it. Yeah. You know, and I'm not talking about a deeper voice like where a woman has a slightly deeper voice than other women. I'm talking about you're going to sound like me. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You know what I mean? I know if exactly what you mean. you walked up to me and you are, and, you, and you're like, hey, Tomo, I'd be like, whoa. <laughs> what the What's heck up, is girl? wrong with you? <laughs> What's up, girl? <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, there's a lot of drugs in the sport. So you did very minimalistic things. Yes. But still, you had a little bit of a hormone issue. And oh, yes. um, for those that don't know, Osterin will actually potentially shut down your uh, hypothalamary mm. pituitary axis. Yep. So probably what happened to yeah. you. Now, when you went to that doctor and you got all those answers and you went to the seminar, you obviously discovered there's more to hormones than what your doctor told oh, you. Yes. Uh, did you then follow up and get a more extensive blood panel um, and kind of go from there? Or what did you do there? I immediately signed up with one of Alan's coaches, Coach okay. Casey. Mm -hmm. And she's been phenomenal. She still coaches me. Okay. Um, I'm still going through mm -hmm. some hormonal issues. Okay. So we're still cleaning things up. But from there, she kind of took a look at those. And then we went through a flush phase just to try to clear everything out, mm -hmm. uh, clear any excess estrogen hanging around. Mm -hmm. And then we went into a feed phase. So we kind of just fed me up so that, you know, my metabolism would hopefully come up. Mm -hmm. um, and then now we're kind of here. We tried to do a cut, but it wasn't really working. So sure. we did get some blood work in December. Okay. Um, some updated blood work and things had definitely improved. Okay. And then I just did a Dutch test in, God, it was probably like a month ago. Mm -hmm. um, and it came back kind of interesting actually, because I still had higher estrogen. It was still in range, which mm -hmm. was good. My progesterone was still very low. Okay. Um, and then my androgens were like through the roof. Interesting. Yeah. So that's kind of what we're working on now. Okay. But have you looked at your IGF-1 levels for growth hormone or your testosterone? I know I have it. I don't know what, what it they is. are. Yeah. I could definitely pull it up. But yeah, it, yeah, I would definitely take a look at all of them because just like you said with the balances, mm -hmm. balances between progesterone and estrogen, uh, everything really likes to be in balance. Yeah. Your body, I know my testosterone was like in a good spot. Good. But it was more like a concern as to why my progesterone wasn't mm -hmm. coming up. Yeah. Which, I mean, there's a few reasons that could be even, like I have the copper IUD mm -hmm. and even that, 
can cause your progesterone to be suppressed. All birth control. Yeah. So I, I don't care what kind of birth control mm -hmm. you use. Even if it's not hormonal. <laughs> even if it's not hormonal, it will affect your hormones. Yes. When mm -hmm. I hear of non-hormonal birth controls, yeah. for those of you listening on Spotify or uh, Apple or Amazon, I'm doing big air quotes. <laughs> so big air quotes on the non-hormonal birth controls, they absolutely affect your hormones. Yes. The only way that women are able to basically stop contraception is by limiting the hormones, right. you know, that's, that's just how it works. So, you know, they say the copper IUD, oh, it's natural. It doesn't affect your, it's not a hormone based thing. Yes, but you are implanting something yes. that is directly affecting how your hormones work. So they all have a relative thing. I am very anti-birth control. It's, well, it's just way over abused. Yes, like exactly. almost, I, I mean, almost all medications at this point are way over abused right. um, by medical professionals. So, mm -hmm. I'm, you know, I, I openly call out medical professionals on all of this stuff. Yeah. You know, you're over prescribing a lot of these, yeah. a lot of these products, a lot of these drugs. And it, I feel like it's always a lot of like anything to do with acne and periods. Mm -hmm. Those are like the two that I find most of my athletes that come to me, they're mm -hmm. they're taking something. Yeah. Or I mean, like anxiety and stuff like that. That's very common as well. But well, and those can also be addressed by hormones. Oh, of course. So, uh, at your your boyfriend and uh, Brandon and I actually spoke about yes, that on one of the yes, podcasts. I do remember Big that. segment on mental health and hormones. Yes. Um, what people don't realize is that a lot of those mental health drugs, the anti-anxiety drugs, the antidepressants. Um, sleep medications, which I consider somewhat of a psychiatric type drug that's mm -hmm. way over abused, all of those massively affect how your hormones work. And you will usually have a horrible decline. And, you know, I always, when I always talk about hormones with men and women, women are always more in tune with their hormones. Always. Because you guys know what a hormone fluctuation actually is. Yes. You deal with it every month, yeah. right? So you know what hormone change well, we means. You should. should. Yeah. So <laughs> if you're having regular periods, um, if you're menstruating regularly, you know what a hormone change is. When you menstruate, your hormones go haywire for a minute, right? So when I talk to women and men, women automatically understand, okay, I know if there's a hormone issue because I've experienced yeah. how my hormones can fluctuate yes. massively. When I talk to Which, men. It's also like, it's not like to say it's men's fault. Like we just have no. much more intricate hormonal oh. systems. I mean, you're way more complicated. Yeah, it's, Women are more complicated. I'm just gonna say it's, it, I'm it just gonna say it in it general. It sucks because honestly with men, it's like, oh, throw a little testosterone at them and usually they're better. Usually that's the case. <sighs> usually that's the case. Dealing with men when it comes to hormone therapy is fairly easy. Yes, we do have some mm -hmm. complicated yes. cases, of course, 100%. from the medical side. Women, it's a little more complicated yeah. because, you know, if you emphasize kind of putting one hormone optimally and the others don't catch up. Follow suit. You, you have to do multiple hormone therapies to do that. Yeah. And women also have just, like I said, a lot more hormonal issues mm -hmm. because of what you guys are experiencing in the culture, birth control yeah. and what have you, mm -hmm. right? The way that women are almost pushed to look certain ways, you know? Chronic dieting. And almost, exactly. Yep. Chronic and swing dieting. Yep. Really putting, yo-yo dieting is horrible for you. Eating a healthy, balanced diet is what it's all about. Right. You know, which I'm sure you harp on. Oh, yes. So 100%. What, what, what do you suggest for like these women? And, and again, you're young, but you know, you're starting right now at an, at an early age. 
where a lot of women are getting these hormone problems later in their 20s into their 30s or 40s, you know, we're not talking about menopausal people, but people that are younger than that, you unfortunately hit some of these snags and problems early. So what advice can you give to people from a diet and exercise perspective? Obviously, we can say, get your hormones checked. That's yes. easy, you know. But what would I, you say? I have a lot to say about Please. this. So the average woman will diet twice a year. But the issue, it's not its not that dieting is necessarily a bad thing. Mm -hmm. It's just that the way it's done is what's causing the issues. So when a woman diets, they generally drop their calories and increase their activity. Mm -hmm. So, but it's drastic. And then once they get to where they feel good or look good, mm -hmm. they immediately jump back to where they were or even above at like intake levels. So they're not steadily increasing their food so that their metabolism comes up with them mm -hmm. and their body composition keeps getting better each time. Instead, it's basically just a cycle where they just keep getting worse because they keep doing the same thing, but each time they need to diet longer and they need to be more extreme, maybe drop calories even more each time, maybe diet longer each time. Let's touch on that real quick on the dropping of calories because I say this to people all the time. Um, obviously, I, I'm big on balanced diets. I'm big on making sure your metabolism is working for you. There is a huge craze for doing these diets that are so limited in calories and it crashes their metabolism. Low carb. Yeah, low keto. carb, low calories, <laughs> keto. I mean, I've done every diet on the planet. Uh, I try to do vegan for like a week. Yeah. Horrible. No. Horrible idea. <laughs> Awful idea. No offense, vegans. I, I'm not with your diet. Not but, for me. <laughs> yeah, but when, but when it comes to eating in a calorie deficit, there's a limit on how long that works. Yes. And you will crash your metabolism right. out. Your, your metabolism adapts. We get people coming in and they're like, I've been eating 1,200 calories a day mm -hmm. for the last six months and I have not lost, lost a pound. Lost a pound, yep. I'm like, Classic. well, <laughs> well, your metabolism is crashed and yep. your body is literally in starvation mm -hmm. mode. And I try to explain this in a very primal sense. Yes. We're animals. Mm -hmm. We think we're not animals. We think we're above animals. We're not. We're animals, we're mammals. Right. Our body processes work a lot like a lot of other animals. Mm -hmm. Now, if you do not eat a certain amount of calories, your body thinks you're starving. Yeah. Your body thinks you're going through a famine. Mm -hmm. Your body thinks you're going to die. Right. So what is it going to do? It's going to store as much fat as possible. It's going to possibly burn a lot of muscle, especially newly oh, built yeah. muscle. 100%. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's trying to keep you alive. Yeah. It thinks you are starving to death. And when I explain it to people that way, they're like, oh, so what do I do? I'm like, eat more food, but then I'll gain weight. I'm like, it's not how it works. <laughs> <laughs> it's really counterintuitive for people to think of though. Right. What do you Some, tell what do you tell people when I mean I, I yeah. know you told this to people. Yeah. What do you tell people when that conversation happens? Like how do you get them to understand you have to eat more to lose body fat and get at a better me metabolic place? So, I mean, that's essentially exactly what I tell them. Um a lot of the time it's just explaining that if we eat more healthy foods, nutritious foods with you know, all your phytonutrients and your micronutrients, then basically we get to a spot where your metabolism is at a better place and losing fat or building muscle becomes more optimal for your body. Mm -hmm. So you really just need to, I mean, you, you literally said it, like just 
explaining the whole thing to them, usually they are very receptive. Yeah. I mean, I've had people come in to our office and we don't really do too much diet nutrition counseling. Mm -hmm. We'll give them some tips and right. tricks and yeah. like give them an idea uh, because I tell everybody that comes in, if you want, if anybody, so anybody listening to this, if you think you have a hormone problem, I understand that you may think you have a hormone problem. You may also have a lifestyle problem. Yes. If you're sedentary and you're eating like shit, guess what? You're going to have a hormone problem. So go and exercise and stop being sedentary. Yep. Fix the way that you eat. Fix how much food you eat. Fix the quality of food you eat. And then you may not have a hormone problem. So, and that's, and that, I'm, I'm very anti-symptom treating. Yes. I'm very pro. But you need to find the root I'm very pro-underlying issue. issue. Yes. So I'm very pro-underlying issue. Now, listen, most, most people that have a hormone problem should be in their, now it's in their 30s, but it should have been in their 40s plus. Now it's like 30s plus. Yeah. If you're in your 30s plus, you have a hormone decline. And I understand. That's fine. You know, you may be living a good lifestyle. But it's happening if in you're the 25, 20s. Yeah. If you're 21, if yep. you're, we have people calling us. Mm -hmm. 20 to 25 or 20 to 30, our immediate response is, what's your diet like? Mm -hmm. And what is your, uh, you know, exercise like? Yeah. What's, your, what's your activity level like? If they say anything but basically stellar, then I'm, we're going to tell them to go fix that. Yeah, first. We'll check your hormones so you right. know, but you're not getting on hormone therapy. Yeah. You're not going to do it because... Because they want that instant gratification. It's wow. it's like they think you're a doctor and they're going to throw a prescription at you, you know? Well, they think we're, they think we're normal doctors. Right. You know what I mean? Right. They think we're the normal yes. mainstream medicine. Right. Fix my symptom. Mm -hmm. It's not what we do. We're no. fixing an underlying problem. Yes. And your underlying problem at that age might be the way you eat and might be how active you are. Are you still going to uh, be competing in the future or are you kind of taking a break? I want to. You want to? I do, You're yes. taking a break, obviously, yes. because of your hormones I, things, but. Everything needs to be pristine. Good. I want to get myself into a good spot mm -hmm. before I even think about dieting into a next show, so. From a bodybuilding perspective, from a fitness perspective, because you have this background a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. What do you think about the current state of what bodybuilding is looking like? What do you think about the current state of what the fitness community is experiencing when it comes to health, uh, abuse of anabolics, things like that. What's your what's your stance on it? Because you're a lot younger than most of the people that I talk to about this. Mm -hmm. Most of the people that I talk to kind of grew up in my era where yeah. they were, we were watching we were watching Ronnie Coleman actually competing on stage. We yes. were we were watching these bodybuilders. I mean, you won't remember this because you literally weren't born. I'm so old, so old. <laughs> you literally weren't born, but. Bodybuilding was on ESPN. Yeah. Bodybuilding was on Fox Sports. They were going. It was on very a, separate from the fitness industry too. Oh yeah, it was. Yeah. It was. It was very. It was more niche, niche but it was also more mainstream. Yeah. It, it's a weird dichotomy, yeah. kind of what happened over the last 20, 30 years. So, from your perspective as a young person in the fitness industry and somebody who's competed in the fitness industry, what do you see uh, as the issues or non-issues with what's going on in bodybuilding with health? Hormonal imbalances and things are becoming more known. Mm -hmm. Like more people are talking about them. More people are talking about taking a proper off season. But then, you know, I also see girls who are competing like year round. Mm -hmm. Like you look at Ashley Caldwasser. I know Ashley from Ohio. She grew up in Akron. I grew up in Cleveland. Yeah, insane. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like I don't, her body is just like meant for the sport, I feel like, because it doesn't, to me, it doesn't look like she's having any issues, but you never really know. She did for a little bit. Remember yeah. when she kind of dropped off for a bit? When, that was a while ago, right? A while ago. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it was like half, she's been half like of your life ago, but yeah. Then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, so it's uh, when she After dropped. she won, probably, right? She moved to California, Olympia. and she kind of like dropped off, and she took a couple years off. Mm-hmm. Um, and she became a little more of a celebrity status in the fitness community, but she, yeah. she wasn't competing. Right. And she, you could tell by the pictures from that era, she gained a bunch of weight. Yeah. You know, she's a little bit thicker. Um, but again, she comes from a gymnast background. Mm-hmm. She's meant to be lean and long and right. muscular. Yeah. She has those genetics, yeah. you know? Um, but yeah, competing year round is definitely dangerous. Yeah. But yeah, so what do you see from a health perspective just in general? Like, I mean, you obviously know about bodybuilders dying. Mm-hmm. You obviously know about a massive amount of abuse of anabolics. Yes. If you know the sport, you know there's a shitload of abuse of drugs. Yes. Not just anabolics. Yeah. So we're clear. Yeah. I don't do that are taking cocaine pre-workout. I know guys that are taking opiates to uh, heal the pain yep. or get rid of the pain that they're suffering. What's your thought on it all? I mean, I think it's dumb. And a lot of the times you don't need all of that mm-hmm. to actually build muscle. Like, especially when it comes to, because the bodybuilding diet, it's not that nutritiously dense. Mm-hmm. So it makes me wonder like, okay, if they like even half their doses sometimes, because sometimes they're outrageous. And, but it also concerns me because I don't know what they're putting in their body because it doesn't come from a pharmacy a clinic a doctor or, or anything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of like, okay, that's also kind of sketchy. Mm-hmm. Um, but it makes me wonder like if they were using real stuff at half of the dose that they were using currently mm-hmm. and had a nutritious diet and were actually optimizing everything else in their body, mm-hmm. what would that look like? I think it would look like the bodybuilders of yesteryear from the 60s, 70s, and early yeah. 80s, yeah. which is my favorite era of bodybuilding. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up watching Arnold Schwarzenegger in movies and yeah. you know that whole era. All the magazines that I ever bought, collected, uh, got from my parents when I was growing up had Arnold, Franco, had yeah. you know all those guys from back in the day. Um, even guys that were coming into the nineties, like Lee Labrada, um, you know, Rich Gaspari, stuff like that started to get a little freaky after that. But what were those guys doing? Why did they look so healthy back then? Why, you know, they didn't have the super shredded physique. They weren't like inside out conditioning, Yeah. you know, but what were they doing? Cause they're definitely taking anabolics. Yeah. But at what dose? What was her diet like? I mean, yeah. these guys are drinking gallons of milk. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, these guys are drinking gallons That's of milk. That's unheard of today. No, like, you won't even touch dairy as no, a bodybuilder today. No. You know? And I'm, and I'm wondering, and I eat a very source-conscious uh, diet now. So I only source my meat from certain farms. Yep. Um, Which is I'm, good. I'm really big on not using factory farming. Yep. Uh, especially factory it's meat full production. Of hormones and antibiotics. It's pumped full of shit. Yeah. I always like to ask people that are in the bodybuilding industry, that are in the fitness industry, what they think about the drug abuse. And it's always kind of the same answer. You know, what I think is needed in the bodybuilding industry is kind of a push towards health, kind of a push towards. And maybe even just education. That's what I mean. Yeah. So a push towards health and wellness education yeah. where they understand. And I mean, like, listen. They understand. Yeah. You know you're doing they, bad yeah. shit. But know? they I feel like they like they know, but they just like don't it's not that they don't care, but they just don't well, you know think what? it's gonna happen. Maybe it is they don't care. And I don't think it's a bad thing necessarily because we live in an extreme world and there are extreme sports everywhere. Yeah. People jump off buildings with parachutes. Mm-hmm. People go skydiving. People go rock That adrenaline climbing. rush. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So people seek adrenaline. People seek to be other, yeah. to be different, right? 
bodybuilding is very different. It's yes. very other. When you see a professional bodybuilder walk down the street, like, whoa, what the fuck is that? Yeah. Right? It's like, <laughs> what is that? What the hell just, what the hell just walked by me? I mean, I can't imagine walking down the street and seeing Big Ramy and being like, whoa, like he's not as impressive in person. Really? If you, you don't watch, think so? if he ever watches this or if this goes on anybody's channel, yeah. I'm going to probably piss him off a little bit, <laughs> but, uh, he, he, the most impressive bodybuilder I ever saw in person was Ronnie Coleman. Yeah. I saw him in Columbus, Ohio at an Arnold Classic in like 2004 or five. Yeah. So he was a monster. Yeah. And he got out of a, we were walking down the street, going to the Arnold Classic, and he got out of a cab. And How did he, he got get out? out? That's my yeah, question. It was, of, it was, well, <laughs> listen, he wasn't in a normal cab. It was in a, it was in a uh, minivan. Okay. <laughs> he got out of the sliding door and he gets out and we just see this monstrosity get out of this car. And I'm like, Holy shit, that's Ronnie Coleman. Yeah. We walk by him. We don't say anything because it's Ronnie Coleman, yeah. right? He's Just wearing a purple stunned. pinstripe suit. Oh, yeah. And he literally was like as wide as the car. And we're walking by and then my friend Mike yells, yeah, buddy. And he just yells back, yeah, buddy. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. that's what bodybuilding is, yeah. right? Um, but he was the most impressive bodybuilder that I've ever seen in person. And when you see him, he didn't actually look like a real human. Yeah. He looked Cartoon. like he looked yeah. like somebody built him in a lab. Mm -hmm. Where can everybody find you? Where can they get information from you on diets, on exercise, on plans? Um, where where can we find you to get more information? Because I think, especially at your age, I think it's really really good to see somebody in your age group that is looking at a more health conscious way to be muscular, to be lean, to be healthy. Uh, because I think we really went off the deep end over the last 10, 15 Absolutely. years. Oh, probably uh, longer. So probably longer, <laughs> but uh, you are a refreshing site um, for what I, what I see in fitness and, and bodybuilding because the young people need to realize there's a better way of doing it. And the massive abuse and the way that diets work, the way that your body works, and just women in general need to understand that it's not all about eating no food to get healthy. Yeah. It's not healthy. No. There's a difference between healthy. Not healthy. <laughs> there's a difference between healthy and lean. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. Real big difference. So yes. if you can have abs, you can be very unhealthy. Yeah. But you can... You might look good, but you won't feel good. You won't feel good. <laughs> you might feel horrible. So where can they find more information on you? So my Instagram is Nikki Saplicki. Should I spell that out? Please spell okay. that out. So N-I-K-K-I-C-Z-A-P-L-I-C-K-I. But we also have our website at uh, builtbrigade.com. So you can look at all of our programming and stuff there if you're interested. Well, thank you for coming on. Thank, thank you, you for, for the information. Me. Thank you for the insight from a woman's perspective. Like I said, it's refreshing. I'm happy that there are people like you that are pushing the fitness industry in a new, healthy way. Thank you. So thanks again. And we'll have you on soon. Thank you. All right.